Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and I'm a neuroplasticity therapist. And I take great pleasure in supporting people who are moving through chronic and complex audio-vestibular conditions that generally and typically include any form of vertigo, dizziness or tinnitus. Now, I actually had a vestibular advocate or ambassador who's based in Sydney, Australia, email me a bunch of questions about vestibular migraine and Meniere's disease. So I'm actually just going to go through her list of questions and hopefully bring some useful information to people who may have vestibular migraine, may have Meniere's disease, or may even have both conditions. Um, I personally relate to vestibular migraine. When I went through my own experience of distressing vertigo and tinnitus, I fit the diagnosis of vestibular migraine most closely. And the reason I say that is because it's something that it's a differential diagnosis, which means we can't see any, anything wrong with the ears or the brain. There's no other obvious cause. And so the cluster of symptoms, which I'll talk about, fall into a category of suspect vestibular migraine. So it's not a definite diagnosis. It's often an, a diagnosis by exclusion. Many years is a little bit different. So first of all, vestibular migraine, as it suggests, is part of the migraine family. It does not necessarily involve headache or um, the kind of classic things we think about with migraine. It's actually, so migraine is when the messages around the brain are not moving smoothly and effectively. So if you think about it as like neural networks operating like roads and highways and traffic lights and all of this beautiful harmony and order when it works. A migraine is really when there's traffic jams or there's no cars moving. Um, and what that means in the brain level is it means that nutrients and oxygen and blood flow and neural messages are not effectively moving from A to B. So that can mean we have pressure, we feel cotton wool, we feel clogged up, we feel gross. But it can also mean that the sensory input coming through our eyes and ears and through our, even through our skin those messages are blocked and not moving effectively either. So often when we have any form of migraine, we're just like, don't talk to me. I need to go to bed, turn the lights off and really have a sensory simplicity. We don't want sensory input at all because the input's not going anywhere effective. It's all muddled up. So with vestibular migraine, it's often light sensitivity, computer screen sensitivity, all sorts of visual disturbances. So just looking at a busy train station or a busy crowd or any busy input, that makes us feel sensitive and triggers these not quite right feelings or dizzy feelings. People often report a, a heavy, dull pressure at the back of the skull. Some people get eye strain or pressure at the front of the skull. And this can involve vestibular messages from the inner ears creating real vertiginous vertigo, so spinning visual and inner feeling some people will feel it in their head they're just like no my eyes are stable but i feel dizzy in my body in my head again that's a very classic description of dizziness for vestibular migraine so it can be both visual dizziness or this internal sense of movement with still vision um and yes so the light sensitivity and movement sensitivity. And you can also have audio sensitivity, which means loud sounds or sounds in general can also trigger this kind of discomfort and rejection. So basically the brain is not operating very well. However, the brain is healthy and well. So part of the diagnosis is we have a clear MRI scan. There's nothing wrong with the brain. It's just that for whatever reason, the brain is not sending messages from A to B in a beautiful, clean, clear, efficient manner. So that's vestibular migraine. 
Meniere's disease is an inner ear condition. So this is when we actually have damage to the inner ear and malfunctioning of the inner ear. And the messages, so the vibration messages come into the inner ear for hearing and balance. And part of that, part of the ear has all this beautiful inner ear fluid called endolymph. It's very special fluid. And we need that fluid to connect and collect the inner ear movements and vibrations for all of the ear functions. For many years, people, too much endolymph fluid is produced. So it's like the ear becomes excited and it creates too much of this salty fluid that lives in the ear. And it doesn't have anywhere to go. So it just balloons open. So part of the ear is actually swelling. So people with many years report ear fullness. They feel this fullness of fluid. And that can just come and go in waves, like in a mild, subtle fullness. And that fullness can then create changes to the sounds in our ears, which is often a roaring, low, humming, tinnitus sound in the ear and it's often in one ear it's very rare for many ears to be in both ears it can happen but they're actually two separate events they're not connected so people will often point to the ear that's active in vestibular migraine that's less likely it's usually in the head they're not pointing to the ears it's more about what's going on in the whole head itself so many ears will have the, the feeling of fullness, probably a low roaring sound because it affects the low pitches of our hearing more so than the high pitches. And then when we have a full-blown many ears incident, that fluid in, that's ballooning in the inner ear actually ruptures open. The fluid then escapes. It toxically moves around the ear, causing permanent damage to structures of the inner ear. So as an audiologist, I can actually see, okay, there's low frequency hearing loss. There's damage to the balance organs. It really looks like there has been and many as incidents. It's, it's much more easy to diagnose because we can see it. So chances are if you've gone through vestibular testing and hearing testing and everything's normal, chances are you don't have many ears. And I know certainly 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, many ears disease was diagnosed all the time, really without adequate evidence. And so things have changed a little bit in the last 10 or 15 years. So if you did get a diagnosis a very long time ago, it may not be accurate just to hold the diagnosis lightly that um, even if you've been told you have many years disease, it's not always the case. That's what, that's what we're kind of seeing a lot in clinic is people think they had it, but in reality, we're like, no, it doesn't really look like that was an accurate diagnosis. So many years disease will often have trauma to the ear. And I'll talk about recovery of that. Um, intermittent feelings of ear fullness and tinnitus and these generally do not last for that long so the ear it, it's an intermittent transition so the tinnitus is not forever it's not constant the spinning and the vertigo dizziness that happens when those fluids erupt that's usually all over within you know two hours so, and often it can be quicker than that but two hours of actual really severe spinning, you may think you're dying, you may be vomiting, you're completely debilitated, your eye muscles are going crazy like this, so you, you are, cannot move, you cannot walk. It's an extreme severe um, period where the ear itself is going through an actual physical trauma. And obviously with that, there will be an emotional anxiety that's super normal as well, but it's a physical event and it's usually over within a few hours. And from then, once the fluid moves and it's done and the, the ear repairs that broken membrane, then it's a matter of recuperating and rehabbing that damaged ear. So I think I've mentioned we've got vestibular migraine, which is more the connections are not working very well from A to B in the brain between the senses, the eyes, the ears, and wherever they need to go. 
and many ears is really a disruption of the ear fluid in generally speaking one ear in rare cases two ears but they're separate events so it's not as though you would have both ears acting at the one time you might say okay well today i've got it in my left ear and then a year later it's in my right ear so they're separate events um, is there a difference in diagnosis? Yes, and as, as I say, it's really the hearing test. We would expect to see hearing loss, low frequency changes in the many ears person, and in the vestibular testing, we would expect to see some kind of vestibular injury to the affected ear for the person with many ears. People with vestibular migraine can have absolutely normal results, normal hearing, normal balance, normal MRI scans. Many ears people as well, we're expecting to see all normal MRI scans and no, no, no um no sense of there's in, there's nothing wrong with your reflexes or anything with the brain it's really purely an ear condition inner ear condition so the connection between vestibular migraine and many disease so what can happen and it's, it's not uncommon at all is people start with a many incident where it's a true ear episode they get the rupture in the ear they get the roaring tinnitus the hearing loss and they get damage to the ear and that actually recovers. So the ear is amazing at healing itself. If you think about cutting your hand and you've got this blood coming everywhere and then you know, within a week or two, it's sealed up, there's a scab, and then before you know it, the scab disappears and it heals. That happens in the ear. That's natural, normal. You don't have to think about it. It will happen in your sleep. So when the fluid moves, the ear will naturally repair its membranes and it will naturally return to a sense of balance over about a six-week period. And what can happen is, is people are like, I don't know what's going on, am I dying? Can take ages to get a diagnosis, can take ages to get support. So then we have, on top of this physical injury, we have a lot of anxiety and a lot of emotional uncertainty. And that can also lead to not believing in myself, not trusting my body. And all of these dramatically impact our capacity to heal. And that can actually trigger a migraine. So we don't necessarily know what triggers migraines, but often it is and related to overwhelming emotional stress and trauma. It's like the brain has got so much to process, it doesn't know where to start and it kind of clamps down and it almost forces us to take a break from the world because it's like, you know what? I can't handle the world right now. There's just too much, too much emotion, too much movement, too many decisions to make, too many people to talk to. And it almost forces us into this very quiet place of solitude for healing. So vestibular migraine can be a result of prolonged uncertainty with poorly managed and poorly treated many years disease. We have, I mean, we used to see that a lot at the Melbourne University Clinic. So while they're two separate conditions, one can lead to the other. And that doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. That can just also just be a natural evolution. So even... Yeah, even people who have had quite well-managed many years and they've felt really supported they can also end up getting migraine as well. So that there can just be this natural evolution from one to the other. Um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this. So triggers for vestibular migraine and many disease. Well, the number one is stress. And what does that even mean? Stress is such a vague term and stress is normal. We want stress in our life and in the world. It kind of gives us a bit of up and go and helps us get things done. So stress is not the big baddie. It's more when we are overwhelmed by tasks in life, and that can be physically having to turn up to work, care for children, um, you know, manage uncertainty that's normal in a human existence, when that really builds up and on top of that, we have our inner world. And by inner world, I mean our mental space, our mental landscape, our thoughts, our worries, our anxieties, our fears, 
which brings us into our emotional world. So in what ways are there emotions inside of us that have not been processed in our life? And these can be emotions from childhood that as we move through our 30s, 40s, 50s, as we're older, mature, sometimes the body's like, you know what? I don't want to hold on to these old emotions anymore. They're actually blocking my brain. I want to release them. I want to process them. And now I'm ready. I wasn't ready when I was younger. That was just way too much. And I couldn't handle that adult feeling of grief or sorrow or loss. And now that I am an adult, I want to process it. I want to move through it. So stress can also be these underlying emotional traumas and stresses that we haven't recognized, we haven't processed, and we don't even know are there. And it's like, what? What are you talking about, Joey? I'm fine. I'm relaxed. I'm not stressed. I play tennis. I eat well. Well, these are the things that we actually don't know exist. They're underneath the iceberg. They're the bits we, we're not aware of. They're subconscious. And what I notice in my clients is going through these conditions and going through a neuroplasticity approach to healing, they begin to befriend those parts of their inner world and use that to really nurture their healing process. And they get incredible results with full resolution and where the, the triggers no longer are happening. Um, and another way perhaps to look at it, and I'll try and just keep this simple, is that you know if we think about every human has certain amounts of stress and this is physical mental emotional and spiritual by spiritual i mean what do we believe in do i believe my body can heal or do i believe i need science to fix it i need a doctor to fix it i need joey to fix it i need someone to fix me but not me that's a spiritual belief and that's saying i don't trust myself i don't believe in my body so i'm going to just wait for a miracle out there to happen to me and that really puts us in a place of victim and neurologically, that changes the way our neurons fire and wire, which changes the way we heal. So we have physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual challenges, stresses, obstacles. And if we think about having a bucket of tolerances for any one human being, you know, a little bit's fine. We can handle it. We can keep up our repair processes. The ears can keep rejuvenating and repairing themselves. The brain can keep moving and working. But if that bucket keeps getting full, and just every year, every month, new stresses, new doubts, new worries, new, a new sense of um, freak out, anxiety, panic, as you know, on top of physical stresses of not sleeping enough, perhaps working too much, juggling too many roles in, in life, the bucket's getting full. We suddenly don't have that robustness, that resilience, that reserve to, to to allow healthy functioning of our inner ears and our brain. And that's when we can really get triggered into very symptomatic vestibular migraine and many as disease where it just feels overwhelming and unmanageable. And that's where I take people through an integrative holistic neuroplasticity recovery process. That is not linear. We're not just looking at the ears. We're not just looking at the brain. We're looking at the whole person. It's like, okay, what is going on in this bucket? Why is it overfilling and how can we actually begin to start processing and emptying and clearing space so the brain can go back to working normally and the inner ears can go back to functioning normally as well. So if you do have both conditions, it's the same process. So my clients who have vestibular migraine and Meniere's disease, they go through exactly the same healing process because it's all about listening to the body and unpacking what's going on in the inner world. There are some things in our lives we can't change and we have no control of. These are things like the weather and what other people do to us. We can't control what happens to our inner ears and our brain, but we can certainly influence our capacity for our body to function well. And if you compare that to running a car, it's like, well, we have to make sure we take it to the mechanic. We put fuel in the car. We have appropriate oil and water levels that we're giving the car the best chance to run well. 
you know, we want to have nice new tires, etc. We want to wear the seatbelt. So it's a little bit the same with our body. We have to give our body the best chance to be robust and resilient and have that reserve to do what it's designed to do, which is to be a, a well-functioning human being with excellent balance. So I just want to have a little side note there. Even if this is extremely rare and basic, not really ever going to happen, but let's just say worst case scenario, somebody with many ears lost complete function of one ear. And the only way that would really happen is if they went through a surgical poisoning of the ear to actually destroy the ear on purpose. With uh, many ears conditions, usually we just lose some function of the ear, not all of it. And even with that damaged function, we can use the other ear to balance. So generally speaking with a many ears attack, yeah, there will be injury. Yes, there will be permanent damage that you cannot grow back, but it's fine. The body has got double everything. Not only that, we've got our inner ears, we've got our proprioceptive touch system in the skin, and we've got our eyes. We've got three systems that we use for balance. And so having damage doesn't mean it's doom and gloom, it's all over. It means actually we have to reset our templates for balance and steadiness and hearing and silence and quiet so we can go back to normal perceived sensations of quietness and normal perceived sensations of steadiness. We rebuild using the residual pathways we have. This is the foundations of compensation, habituation, rehabilitation, recovery, and it all relies on neuroplasticity. Now, neuroplasticity is a holistic process. It's not like just doing muscle rep repetitions to build a muscle. It's not like it's not simple like that. Neuroplasticity means what am I feeling while I'm doing an activity? So it's a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual process. And I think too often it's treated in a very linear, just repeat these exercises, just do it three times a day. It's not going to work. Or if it is going to work, it will work in six weeks and it will heal in a very fluid, simple way. And you won't be watching this video. So for chronic conditions, it's a non-linear process. That means we have to look at the whole person. We have to look at what they are actually feeling in their body, where the sensations are located in their body and what they're going to do to support those sensations so the brain can normalize them. And then we have to look at what do they desire to feel in the body? What sensations do they want to feel to re-normalize the brain? And we have to teach the brain how to build those new normal sensations. So we have to support, reassure and resolve what we're actually feeling. We have to teach the brain that it's safe and we have to give the brain a way to move through it. Then we have to move towards activities that create and cultivate the desired sensations that we want to feel. So when it comes to treatment of vestibular migraine and many as disease, essentially the worst thing you can do is try and get rid of the sensations you don't want, to try and get rid of the tinnitus, to try and get rid of the vertigo. Because all that does is teach the brain it's important and the brain makes it more intense. It gives more neural allocation and more priority to the things you don't want because the brain doesn't speak English. It's just saying, well, Joey's got this ringing in the ear and she's really thinking about it all the time and she's buying devices for it and she's taking supplements for it. So it must be super important to her. So what I'll do is I'll help Joey out. I'll make it louder. So whatever we focus on, the brain gives more priority to. And this is the same for chronic dizziness and chronic tinnitus, which are often the major symptoms that are concerning for vestibular migraine and Meniere's disease. But you know what? It's the same for anxiety, for depression, for head fullness, for chronic aches and pains. We have to teach the brain what we want to feel and what we want to focus on. So most of my clients, their treatment involves learning to self-soothe and self-reassure whatever it is they're feeling in any moment of the day using a, a really comprehensive array of tools that they have um, 
I have online support, so they will just go to their computer or their phone and they'll use the tools they need to support what they're feeling in that moment. Then they will focus on their desired sensations that they figure out in week one of their therapy course. And that could be they want to feel calm, they want to feel confident, they want to feel courageous, they want to feel strong, they want to feel clear-headed. I don't let people have goals such as I want to feel normal because that doesn't mean anything. What is normal? You've got to be really specific about what you want to feel. In fact, I've written a whole book on this cold rock steady healing vertigo or tinnitus with neuroplasticity we have to get really clear on what we're teaching the brain to build and what we're teaching the brain to focus on because if we get caught in the rabbit hole in the loop of i've got to get rid of this and i don't want this and i don't like it i need a cure i've got to eliminate we actually get stuck in our symptoms and it can become a lifelong devastating debilitating condition and in those scenarios those people have really been let down by the system because nobody has sat down and taught them how to change their brain and how to heal and that's what I'm hoping my book will provide for people with chronic vertigo and tinnitus is a platform and a pathway to say, okay, that's not working for me. I need to try a different strategy to support my brain because it's the brain that's doing the healing. It's the brain that's collecting information from the ears, whether that's complete, perfect, normal ear information or whether that's partial information with some injury. The ears are collecting that information, sending it to the brain. Your body is collecting information through your skin, also sending that to the brain, and your eyes are collecting information from the world around you, also sending that to the brain. And how those messages are resolved and interpreted is really up to how we teach the brain to use those messages. So this is what treatment is about. It's not about drugs. It's not about some kind of generic prescribed cognitive behavioral anxiety psychological support no it's not about going to a yoga teacher no it's not about getting massages and running yourself a bath no it's not about any kind of generic self-care or generic physiotherapy or even generic vestibular physiotherapy the reality is is if vestibular physiotherapy or generic cognitive behavioral therapy was going to work you would get those results really quickly within about six weeks so for people with chronic symptoms they need more than that they need to go deeply into the sensations they're feeling, resolve them and teach the brain how to build a new pathway so they can return to normal. So I think I've covered all of the questions. I think I want to finish with have hope. Your body is resilient. You are a human being. You're designed to be adaptable. You're designed to move through injury and recover. And I think too often in society, we're looking for physical resolutions. We're looking at diets. No, you don't need to change your diet. You need to eat well and nourish yourself for sure. But diet is not going to change many as disease and vestibular migraine. And what I'm seeing is people are obsessing over things like diet and bedside exercises and medications, and they end up getting caught in a loop where they never return to normal. They feel abnormal every day. And this is exactly what we want to change. We want you to wake up in the morning and feel normal. We want you to wake up in the normal in the morning and have normal sitting, normal standing, normal lying, normal moving templates. And if in any moment you do feel brief vertigo or brief tinnitus, you know exactly what to do with it and you can teach your brain how to resolve it. So it no longer becomes a chronic issue that you're living with every day and waking up with dread and feeling completely like your body's failed you and you can't trust anything. That is all treatments of yesterday. You don't need to be fixed. You're not even broken. Your brain is simply confused and it needs support to reinterpret the messages coming through your sensory system so that you can actually rebuild a new normal. And I get it. I've been there. I had four years of struggle. I felt 
actually like committing suicide. I felt like nobody understood me. I felt like nobody could help me. And the main message was just kind of live with it. You're sensitive, get over it or, you know, deal with it. And thankfully with my background in both psychology and neuroscience and acceptance commitment therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, and then with vestibular audiology, I, and my background in yoga and neuroplasticity, I could piece it all together and figure out why no one was really helping me heal. No one could look at me as a whole person and give me the whole story. Very few people are trained in holistic integrative neuroplasticity. Most people have a little tiny piece of knowledge or expertise. And then we can just, as a patient, we can feel dead ended. And it's like, no one can fix me. No one can help me. Or at best, I'm managing symptoms. I'm coping. And I just want to let you know, it is so much better than that. You can completely come back to a place of feeling not just normal, but better than normal. You can trust your body more. You can get to know yourself intimately. And as you go through life and you experience hiccups, maybe you lose a job, maybe a partner gets sick, you'll have all the skills you need to move through those difficult feelings, to support yourself and to move towards your goals, which might be to feel calm, to feel centered, to feel peace, to feel joy. So these, this is where integrative neuroplasticity and what I would call the rock steady process helps not only our diagnoses, but it really helps us as a whole person to get to know who we are, why we're feeling what we're feeling and what we can do about it. It gives us back our control and it stops us on that goose chase of endless external therapies and devices and drug therapies and you know tinnitus masking machines, all of these things that just cost money and don't actually teach our brain how to change. So I hope that's helpful for both vestibular migraine and many S disease. I have got information on my website, seekingbalance.com.au. Click on the free resources. And I've got a tab there that lists all the common conditions, um, which you may be interested to read about more of the common vestibular conditions in case you're not sure what your diagnosis is, which is also common. Um, you can definitely have hope for the future because your brain, it wants to get better. Your brain wants to support you. And the reality is, is if we spend every day going, I don't like what I feel and I don't want this, we're not helping the brain to heal because we're teaching the brain to prioritize what we don't want. And that keeps us stuck in the symptom loops. If we're chronically anxious and worried and doubting our bodies, it's perfectly understandable. I know I did that for a few years, but it doesn't help us. When we're in chronic worry and chronic stress and chronic fight, flight, freeze, our neuroplasticity is roadblocked. It's jammed. It can't function effectively it can't problem solve because it's freaking out that there's a saber-toothed tiger or something about to kill us so when we're in this fight flight freeze it's not we, we can't heal it's very difficult to heal so what we need to do is to really have faith and hope that there are new strategies and tools we can try we can learn to believe in our body if we've lost that belief and that's a process in and of itself there are loads of support tools there are people all over the world i have got people on every single continent using this rock steady neuroplasticity process. It's self-study, it's online, it's at home, and they're healing. I mean, the, the statistics are amazing. We're seeing statistically significant improvements, functionally, physically, emotionally, people are getting better, they're returning to normal, and they're doing it by honoring their body, learning to support what they're feeling, and knowing what they're rebuilding. And that's often the real missing link, is people don't know what normal is anymore. They've completely lost it. And so learning what normal is, creating a very specific detailed plan for yourself and designing your own daily practice is going to teach your brain how to create what you want to feel, which is something I can't do as a therapist or even a 
a vestibular expert because I don't know you, I don't know what you feel and I don't know what you want to feel. So it's a very custom tailored process specific for each person. So I just want to give you hope. You don't have to live with these conditions. You can completely resolve them. You can return to normal. And then if you have little hiccups and a little many years incident or a little vestibular migraine incident, you know exactly what to do and you know how to resolve it quickly and return back to normal. So you don't have to live with the condition every day. And I think that's the biggest tragedy is when people live with these conditions, feeling like they're stuck with them for life, when really it's a bit like a pimple. It comes up, you have a pimple, and then it resolves and it goes away again. We don't live with it. We, we, we know what to, how to work with it and how to heal it if it comes back. So I hope that's useful. Um, definitely visit my website for a lot, for many resources and for a really supportive community. I have monthly free live calls where we talk on interesting topics of healing, of moving through obstacles and blocks. My next talk will be on creating space for desire because often when we're feeling chronically sick, we lose our joy, we lose our connection to it and we lose our capacity to let it in. We're kind of full and we need to create space for desire. My book, Rocksteady, Healing Vertigo or Tinnitus with Neuroplasticity is releasing mid-November 2020. Pre-order opens late October and you are very welcome to join my book launch, which will be on Zoom. There'll be a lot of fun giveaways and talks and supportive people. So please join my community. It's an amazing supportive community and I really want you to believe in yourself. This is this is the ticket to healing is saying, you know what, Joey can't heal me, my doctor can't heal me, my therapist and my psychologist can't heal me, but I can learn how to support my own body. And that I realized that can be devastating and frightening. And when I first realized that for myself, I was like, no, this is all my fault. I feel so much shame. Why haven't I healed myself already? But it's like, no, if we don't know how, it's not our fault. It's about saying, okay, I've done the best I can. I've looked outside. I've tried to get supports externally. I'm still feeling stuck. I'm still feeling powerless. I'm still feeling a bit hopeless. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to support myself to become the expert in me. I'm going to have a support team who are helping me be my own expert. I'm going to have a support team who help me learn how to heal myself according to what my brain needs and what my body needs. So it's just shifting the dialogue. It doesn't mean you do it alone and it does not mean you're a failure. You do not deserve this. It's just, honestly, it's a big string of Chinese whispers. It's a load of misunderstandings and the medical approach is really just looking at a very small part of you. It's looking at your ear, it's looking at your brain and it's sending you home. Healing involves looking at all of you, your dreams, your desires, your sensuality, everything. So it's a whole person healing. And the, what we want to use the doctors for and what I use doctors for is for medical clearance. That's what they're expert in. That's what they're great at. doesn't even mean they give you an actual diagnosis, but if you have medical clearance, you can be really, really confident that the doctors know you're not dying, that your body is functioning well enough and you don't need any immediate medical intervention at all. Because the next step for, from a doctor's point of view would be, do I need to numb these symptoms? Do I need to numb these sensations? Do I need to medicate them so the person doesn't feel them anymore? And that again, just keeps us trapped in a loop of trying to get rid of, right? So healing means we actually have to feel through them, support ourselves while we're feeling through them, let the brain reorganize and recategorize those sensations and then build what we want to feel. So medicating is not going to be the long-term solution and it does not support neuroplasticity in the long-term. Short-term is absolutely fine. Hope that's helpful. I'm sorry if I got in a little bit of a rant, but because I've actually had vestibular migraine, I feel really passionate and I feel really sad when people feel like they have to live with it forever and they feel completely victimized by it. And it's like, well, 
I want to give you some a different way of viewing this. And I know it's really hard and I, I feel really sorry for people who may have been misled and given inaccurate information, but I can guarantee you this is a very young field of science. The people, the doctors you've spoken to and the therapists you've spoken to have been giving you the best information they can. And everybody's doing the best they can. But the reality is, is as science evolves and as the time unfolds, we're learning new things. And so things we may have heard 10 years ago, 20 years ago, don't apply anymore. And there's this whole new wave of therapy, which I'm really hoping my book will spark a brand new conversation for doctors, for physiotherapists, for audiologists to really awaken a whole new conversation so that clients can walk out of clinic with hope and with a plan instead of feeling like they've just got to live with it and buy a device or take a drug and that's it. Story over. Not anymore. The story's just beginning. So I would love to hear how you're going. Join my Facebook group, Rocksteady for Vertigo or Tinnitus. Everybody's welcome to join. You can share your insights on how you're healing and you can be supported by peers. And like I said, join my monthly calls, join my book launch if it's still on, which will be uh, mid-November 2020. And of course, read my book. It really goes into a lot more detail than this video can. So bye for now. So I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au.